0: of our our subject matter today, when it talks about activate, activate, there is an energy. I mean, the the word activate means to make happen. That's energy. So there's going to be an an expense of energy, an expense of something to make it happen. Um, For Christmas, uh, we bought uh, my one of my grandsons the oldest who is playing football now <clears throat> God's sport um, not the European football the American football <laughs> so so I bought him a weight bench and he actually has my old weight bar and I told him I said you're I said you're going to learn something about having a weight bench he goes oh I just love it I love it I go, I know, but owning it doesn't mean you're going to get muscles. You have to use it. You're going to hate that part. You know, just, I mean, how many of us fall into it? I'm buying a weight machine. And all of a sudden, I'm going to get in shape. You mean you have to get on it? You know, you have to use it? So um, as this month is activate, all the things that the, God's word tells us to do, it's great, and we can get excited about it, but it's going to take an action on your part. It's going to take energy on your part to either recognize something, to, to make a move, to admit, to do. And so in doing that, we're, we're going to activate something, but it's going to take energy. It's going to take conviction. So I would, I'm just going to ask us all to pray for those, because someone... Well, already, because we do a little sermonette, um, and, and I offered this this morning in the sermonette for those who are serving so they don't miss the message, and once everyone got up, I saw a few people who were really touched by what God had to say today, something they experienced that they've never, they had to activate today. So let us all pray for those who are going to be changed today by God's word. So Father, Lord, I, I, we believe in your word, but we want to pray for those who are going to have to activate today. They're going to have to recognize this applies to me. This is something I've never done. This is a place, this is a level I've never taken it. So Father, we pray for them and we ask Holy Spirit that you would it embolden them to take it to activation? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So um, there is there's a, a biblical staple that everyone knows, that God so loved that he gave his only begotten son, and people have preached on that. But theologically, uh, and I've preached, I've preached on this for years, and especially the last couple of months, and even two weeks ago, I mentioned it uh, when we were talking about putting yourself in a place of provision. And the the truth is, is that God loves us before we loved Him. And 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 there's a principle in that. it said that, that yet when we were still yet sinners, God loved us. So there is nothing that we can do to make God love us more or nothing we can do to make God love us less. Now, with that, it sounds so simple, but I want you to know that this is a theological foundation that everything is built upon because if you don't have that foundation, if you don't put that out front, it's so often when you preach about God's provision for you, you know, you can sound like a prosperity gospel. But there is a provision, there's a place that we put ourselves, that puts us, opens the veil between us and God so that we can see God. And we think God is closer to us, no, we are closer to him. We can see him better. He is always there, but so often there are things that we don't activate in our life that cloak we don't sense that he is there. See, the whole idea that he's omnipresent. Well, there's times that you don't feel like God's there. There is no place that God isn't. You find him at the gates of hell. His presence. That is a truth that no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're being taught, that is a truth. And you know, one of the scary things is that going up, growing up in the church is there's always 12 steps for this. You know, and almost, it almost comes across to do these 12 steps and God loves you more. No. Do these 12 steps and he'll favor you. No. Do these 12 steps and you put yourself in a place where you can sense and see God, which is a motivation to be able to be in his presence. But there is a, there is a foundation. Now, two weeks ago, you know, I shared this before. You know, I started to teach. Um... That there are rewards. That if our foundation is that, you know what? God loves me, period. That is a battle that I don't have to fight. I don't have to prove to him. I am not, I want you to know, I am not worthy of any, anything from God. Just, it's just because he loves me, and I have placed my sights and my position that I recognize that. And we're going to see how how the Lord did that for his disciples. Before he sent his disciples off to, to, to see the glories of the kingdom of God, and they all died for the cause of the Christ, uh, for Christ, except for John. What's going to take them through punishment and death it's this one thing to get this in and it activates your relationship look at this first verse it said the rest the, the, this this helps us to activate it says come to me and I will give you rest you know what anyone says come on in here come on in I'll give you rest you know what that is that is relationship. Anyone says, come on in. You know, and, and, and it's just, It might be just a tweak, but stay with me. It's just a tweak. Someone thinks, oh, I can come in and find rest like Santa Claus. No. He said, listen, come, to, come into relationship with me. Guess what you're going to find? I will give you rest. There's a lot of us who are running from being completely honest with God. And we're afraid he's going to find out. We're afraid of that. It's just like, there's there's some type of fear. And throughout the New Testament, you, you see the Lord saying, you know what? Come to me, period. Come to me. And you will. See, I've already loved you. I've already settled that before the foundations of the earth. I've already loved you. But you have to come to me. I already love you. Well, having an unusual high level of personal peace often begins with having an unusual, secure relationship. Now, did you you hear me? To have a real sense of peace... In any environment, you have to have a really secure relationship with that person. You don't have to question, do they love me? If they find out that I didn't do this, will they love me? If you're in a relationship where you think I have to perform and they'll love me, what happens the day you can't perform? Do they love me? You become insecure in that relationship. Jesus says in the middle of all the difficulties of life, understand you didn't start this relationship he said you didn't choose me oh you didn't choose me i chose you is what he told the disciples that's what he said cuz you didn't choose me it's not up to you i chose you bottom line it, 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 it's the anchor to our soul it gives me the assurance and security if you understand anything about relationships, relationships don't do well when it's based on, do they like me? And I'll, I'll go to this now. Do you, who received one of these in elementary school? Does that look like a secure relationship? Do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Most people marked maybe. Because I want you to commit before I commit. God said, I've taken care of that. There's no maybe. There's no maybe, even if you don't like me. You know the letter that God sends us? I love you, regardless how you feel about me. I love you. So when you come to me, when you think you found me, it was really just giving in to what I've already said about you. I love you, and I've chosen you. I've chosen you. How many have stood in the in your neighborhood and they're a captain and they're a captain and they go, Bobby, I take Terry, I take John, and you realize you're standing there next to the two redheaded twins that are three years younger than you. and It's between the three of you. And then they go, all right, I'll take Mark, but you, I get the two twins with them. <laughs> you don't feel very chosen, do you? It's like, you just wish, "Oh, please, let's get past this, let's, let's get past this part. And you go to be a part of the team. But there's no security in that. If you've ever been in that position where you're always the last, it's not you really weren't chosen. You were last. You automatically had to go to that team. There's people who live their life that way because they were erased. It affects us. You need to know that there is a stable place where you can rest, where you don't have to perform. That's what's so special, I know, in a pastor's house when we have family night after church is because none of us have to perform. It is so safe in my home because no one has to perform. You can be selfish. You can take the last Piece of pie, Rory. (laughs) You're safe. We'll never let you forget it, but you're safe. So many people don't have that. They've never had it growing up. And I'm telling you, it changes who you are. It makes you needy the rest of your life. It makes you question every relationship. It makes you have to perform. No matter how much you're in love with this person, there's a performance hook to it. And when you don't perform, and then if, when you don't perform, what happens when they don't perform? They don't love you. How about that when you don't hear, God, when you don't see God moving in your life, do you want, oh, I must have done something wrong. No, he loves you. He loves you. And there was something in the very beginning that you didn't catch to get you through that hard time because the disciples, this is the one thing that the Lord Jesus told his disciples before they started. He goes, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Why do you think when he, all those All those stories about him going and picking Matthew, them picking Peter. What did he go, hey, do you want to follow me? He goes, no, you. I chose you. He chose his disciples just as he chose you. Because no matter what you go through, maybe the only thing, you may not sense his presence. You may not sense anything other than you back up and you back up and you remember The first day, he chose me. It's not up to me, it's up to him. He chose me, so he has to get me through this. He chose me, so at the end, I'm his. That's what got them through it. That's what gets us through what we have to go through. Hi. Or low. (laughs) I mean, just, just, just. Oh, I'm in this because I chose God. Excuse me. He chose you. In your state of sin, you're incapable of choosing something so holy. And expect him to choose you. while Mark loved me. I'm going to love him. No he loved me and that allows me to wake up and go i sense his presence i choose to walk in that love i recognize that he first loved me the presence of jesus the presence of jesus is more significant it is a more significant factor, is a more significant thing than any other thing that the life, the storms of life have for me. When you're going through the storms of life, you need the presence of the Lord. And the thing that allows you to boldly come into the presence of God is knowing that he chose me, I didn't choose him. We didn't, when you're going through a tough time, you don't have to knock on the door and say, Lord, look, uh, Mark, remember me? Of course he remembers you. He chose you. Doesn't matter if there's a pruning process, if you're flourishing, a hard time. So all these stages, you didn't choose him. Wow. When the, when the Bible talks about relationship, it's so often it uses the word Adoption. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption. Now, remember, I said the foundation, the theological foundation, is that God chose us. Now, that, that, that brings even a more special light to received adoption. <clears throat> I don't know where you were uh, in the birth plan of your parents. I don't know where your children are, but um, my mother, till the day she died at 99, lovingly would introduce me. Introdu- I mean, since I can remember till the the year she died a few years ago, she introduced me to friends. She goes, oh, here's my mistake. I was born eight years after my brother and sister—they weren't expecting me. Now she did it as you know. Oh, is this is a love. Of course, I love the baby. What's your name again? Um, Mark. <laughs> That's how I felt. How could I ever compare to someone who's eight years older than I am? The first by eight years. I was the mistake. You know, when you adopt, you don't just wake up going, oh, honey, I went to the doctor and they said we're adopting. (laughs) No, adoption is purposed. It's thought through. It's going to cost you money, and you're not even guaranteed the child. You put up money. You go to classes to be qualified And maybe we'll choose you. Adoption is purposed. And there's a price to pay. Dear God. Look at that verse now. God knew he was going to pay a price that we may receive adoption. And it was his son. He chose you. He paid to adopt you. I I don't know how we've You know, I'm gonna stop. how many mistakes are out there? You weren't planned on. You were an inconvenience to your parents. They didn't plan on you. And you grew up. I so thank God that I got to an age pretty early where I realized I'm not a mistake, but God chose me. He wanted to I was a mistake. I was a, I was an inconvenience until the Lord came along. Who else is with me on that? You might have needed your mother or your father, but they had something else to do that night. They had a date. They had to go somewhere. You stayed home. I'll be home later. You were an inconvenience. You were number two, maybe three. Until you come to the Realization that God chose you by adoption. He paid a price for you. You're here. All the stupid things that you've done in your life, and you're here. You're alive. You're emotionally, you've not, you know, stuck your tongue in the wall socket Driven off the bridge <laughs> I had a football coach who said, "Evans, you'll never see 30. you play so abandoned for uh, just this reckless abandonment the way you play, you'll never see 30. I've doubled it. I've more than doubled it. Why? Because of me? No, because before I knew him, he chose me, and he chose me for a purpose. You're here. And I want to address those. Maybe you never address it. We had, I had one person this morning come up to me. She goes, he goes, You know, it was over 30 some years ago, that my wife left me, left me with the kids. He goes, I was abandoned. I never forgave her. You always kind of walk with a limp. You're chosen. And I just want to I want you to recognize I don't need to know it I need you to recognize but right now for those who've been cheated on you've been left you were abandoned you don't feel chosen you were the mistake could you stand I'm standing I'll be I'm the first one standing it's a new day it's a new day for all of you you don't have to perform to be loved and other people don't have to perform to prove their love to you you can accept their love This is a new day that you can rest. Come to me and rest. Wouldn't you like to go home and know that you can rest? You can rest. You don't have to be on. You're loved. So I want to speak those words that Jesus spoke. There's a place of rest, and it's found in relationship that's secure. Today, from now on, you'll have your place that you can find rest. You've been chosen. You are loved. Regardless how you feel or your emotional state, you're loved. Someone chose you. Amen? You may be seated. (laughs) Ephesians, for he chose us in him before creation of the world to be holy and blameless. Wait, to be holy and blameless? No, in his sight. How many have been struggling with being holy and blameless? In relationship you are. Remember the day you married your wife or you married your husband? He was blameless and Lord knows he wasn't. But in your sight, he was for about an hour. (laughs) In his sight. We could end right there. In love. Who chose us? He did. Who chose first? He did. In love. He predestined us to for. To sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure. And if, if you don't understand that God has pleasure, then he has a will. And if there's anything that is just in concrete, it's his will. Wow. I come here chosen. When you're chosen, when you truly know this, that you're chosen. And you've come through hard times. I don't know, I know for me, there were things that I did in the past. And the Bible says that sin is fun for a season. But there was, there came a time where I separated myself from my worldly friends. And I really didn't know why. They were having fun. There was a girl that I broke up with that I totally was in love with. I don't know why. I even told them that. Told her that. Them, like like it was all these girls. I told the masses that I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> the multitude. <laughs> I don't know why. I do now because even before I didn't know it I knew I was chosen even before I knew I was chosen for something different has anyone else experienced that how, how did you walk away from that how did you separate it's because something in you knew you were chosen I need to move on for time. Look what Jesus dealt with. Does anyone doubt that Jesus had peace? I mean, no. He had peace. He had peace on the cross. He ended up at the end of the garden. There was peace. But let's just deal with what he had to deal with. Did Jesus have lots of money? Not that we know of. No mention of it. Did Jesus have detractors? Absolutely. Have you? Did Jesus have people plotting to kill him? I'd like to think I've had some, but I felt like it. Did Jesus have a close friend betray him? Hmm. Did Jesus' disciples remain by his side during his trial? Not a one. Let's see, no money, lots of enemies, fair-weather friends, unfair trial, torture, and a death sentence. And yet peace. John fourteen twenty. On the day, and this is the day that you, when you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what it's referring to. When you accept that he chose me, I didn't choose him. On the day that you realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you it takes the Holy Spirit coming upon you as you realize he is in me and the reason Jesus could go through what he went through what does it say it's because he was in his father his father so loved him That he could do that. Why are we going to be able to do what's called upon us to do? Because he is in us. He loves us. Remain in me and I'm in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself but must remain in the vine. Who's the vine? He's the vine. The branch is an extension of the vine. The vine first, then us. So neither in you unless you remain in me. Let me just give you a little Hebrews here. We have one who has been tempted in every way. Okay, Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, <laughs> this is a big circle, yet he didn't sin. <laughs> do you, do you see, God knows we sin. He had to be tempted in every way that you were tempted. Yet, he didn't sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. I hope this is sinking in. So it is with confidence. It is with confidence that we can receive mercy. It is with confidence who can boldly come before the throne. You can. Why? Because you were chosen. My question is What have you been afraid of to to admit to God? Because we just saw the verse that said, you know what, he's been tempted with everything. We've been tempted, yet he didn't sin. So what does that say? Though you have sinned, he did it, took the price. He loves us. We can't change it. What we need to do is now, because of that acceptance, that love, we can boldly go before the throne. What have you never told God because of fear? That's not a safe relationship. That's not boldness. I'm not bold because of what I've done. It says I've sinned. Yet he did not. So I can boldly with confidence. And until you have that, until you activate that relationship on that foundation, there's no security. There's no boldness going before him. There's no freedom to feel his presence because you're holding back. I have the small group questions, but if you want to take pictures of that, but I have a question. Is there someone who has stopped you from being able to love freely, to being secure. We want you to talk about these things in your small group. Even if you've come through it, you need to recognize, yeah, God did that for me. Yeah, he pulled me apart. I survived this relationship. Because it emboldens us to go before him, to go before his throne richly, confidently. When everyone in the world is against you and you don't feel him, you fall back. He loved me first. He started this. I can't get out of it. He loved me when I was an enemy. How do you get out of that? How do you become more of an enemy? And he loved me when I was an enemy. And I still think there's somebody at least one person that's not couldn't stand because of the fear of being found out earlier even if you didn't stand I want you to know this truth is still real for you God chose you He chose you over everyone else why? I don't I'm not God. I wouldn't have chosen you. (laughs) But he chose you. That makes us safe. That we can go to him with anything. We can even go to him with accusations about him. Where were you, God? But you can go there boldly. You can withstand the storms of life because He chose you for this moment. He has kept you safe till today when you didn't know Him, when you didn't honor Him, when you didn't submit to His Word, and now you're here. This has the opportunity of changing the rest of your life if we activate our relationship on this premise, let's stand. Father, you started this. It completely is on you. We open our heart and surrender. Yeah, you were tempted in every way, but you didn't sin. We did and you loved me and I don't get it, I don't get it. But you loved me that much. And you're crying out even now for those who are struggling. Maybe those who've never really said, you know what? This is the way. I have to live in this. This is is the life that I want to live the rest of my life in. Father, teach us. Hold us. Embrace us. For those who need to be embraced, embrace them now. I mean physically. Lord, the enemy is trying to tell us that we can't get within six feet. So Lord, send an angel to hug us. Embrace us. We truly, truly have been adopted and have the spirit of adoption on us. And we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus. Amen.